I'm Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus, president of San Antonio College. Today, we'll have the opportunity of speaking with Fritz Siegel from the University City Fire Department, Marcus Yaks from the Northeast ISD Police Department, and Chief Ivan Hernandez, EMTLP for the city of Windcrest. Welcome back to Front and Center, where we talk about San Antonio College news, trends in higher education, and the community, because we are the community. Joined here this morning with Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus. Good morning. Good morning, Huntmaster. How are you today? Uh, Having a wonderful time. Uh, We're going to have a couple days off this week. It is the Thanksgiving week. Absolutely. And and I'm always impressed with the students that they they understand they have time off, but they're going to use it, and they're going to use it to do studying because they know finals are right around the corner. That's it. That's it. They only have a few more weeks before the semester is over and then is a holiday break. And then soon after that, of course, we are going to be starting with the spring semester and all of the mini terms and the great stuff and the things that happen during the springtime, right? Cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. This is so exciting today because we have some of our graduates from the First Responders Academy. Welcome. My name is uh, Chief Ivan Hernandez with the city of Wincrest. I'm also an uh, adjunct instructor here at SAC at the Fire Academy. Uh, my name is Marcus Yaks. I'm a newly minted police officer with Northeast ISD Police Department. Siegel Frissy, and I graduated from the SAC Fire Academy on September 1st. I'm a firefighter for University Fire Department, just started. Great. Tell us about your time at the First Responders Academy when you were a student here at San Antonio College. My uncle is the lieutenant for San Angelo Fire Department, and he pretty much sparked my interest in doing that. So as soon as I graduated high school, I just jumped right into it, started the my EMT program through SAC January, finished in May, and then went right through the Fire Academy like the next day. Our class was the first class to go through the Fire Academy in the summertime. So I knew signing up for a summer fire academy was going to be tough, but in the end, it was definitely very rewarding. I I did I learned a lot from all my instructors. I'm very thankful for them, and it just going through the academy with it being so hot and stressful with the heat. It definitely showed me how much I really wanted to do this. It was a smaller group than than there normally is in like the spring or the fall, so. With my class, it was not a very good mix. It was mostly male, but then again, this is a very male-dominated career, so I wasn't surprised by that. All of us women, in in my class at least, we did very well, and I think that it just showed that just because this is a male-dominated industry doesn't mean that we can't do it too. 21 years old, I started volunteering at a fire department at Chavano Park here in town, here in Bear County, and fell in love with it. Thought that this was going to be my career that I could figure out. I don't want to sit behind a desk, do the same thing every day. This is something I can do every day. So I volunteered for about four years, and I said, okay, you know what? This is what I want to do. So then I, uh, I, I went through the SAC Fire Academy back in 1999. Um, we, unfortunately, we didn't have a facility like the ones we have now. Um, I do have two still. There's still two instructors that taught me back in 1999 that are still with. So, wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Ken Howard and Chris Hebel. Um, yeah, so they taught me back in the day, and they're still in teaching as we speak. Um, did that. Uh, be, worked at Chavano Park for almost 20-plus years, 24 years. 
then uh, decided to go through the arson academy. They asked me if I want or become a police officer, become an arson investigator. I said, I'll do it at the age of 41. That's not easy, I guess, as <laughs> as we get older. Marcus, you could probably say something about that. Um, but um, I did that, became an arson investigator for the city of uh, Shavno Park. And then my uh, my path went to the city of Winkrest. I got hired on about a year and a half ago as a fire chief over there, and it's been a blessing. Old man. I am an old man. <laughs> uh, I also went through SAC. Um, actually, I graduated SAC last year. So as you can imagine, I'm used to being a new guy. So I just kind of went in with no expectations. Um, I knew at the end I would have an opportunity to take the test. And getting in there, um, it, it was interesting because, you know, been through other paramilitary organizations. And the thing that impressed me the most in the beginning was, was the cadre of instructors. Um, you had individuals from all different walks of life in law enforcement with different backgrounds and careers, but they were all there with kind of a singleness of purpose. And that was to get these new cadets uh, trained up and on the other side of that TCOL test. And with my class in, in particular, they succeeded 100%. At the end of that academy, um, we had 100% of our cadet class pass a TCOL test on the first, first go around. At 55, I'm a police academy graduate and started my first law enforcement job. What, what did you do before? What I do before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, my resume is long and uh, eclectic. Basically, when I got to San Antonio, uh, married my new wife and started doing a lot of firearms training and managed a retail firearms store here in San Antonio. And 18 years prior to that, I was a, a contractor in the oil and gas industry. Uh, met my bride, planted my flag in San Antonio, and I was actually sitting at the house one day, and it was a, it was actually, a, uh, looking back, a sad day. It was the day that Uvalde happened. And by the end of that day, I had gone online, found a police academy, signed up, called my wife and said, hey, I just signed up for the police academy. And her answer was, cool. So figured this is what I'm doing and just press forward with it. Did you have like a feeling of like a sense of duty, like calling you or? It was more of a sense of service. Um, I long, learned a long time ago that when God says next, you just go. So that's what I did. How have your skills prepare you for the role in which you're in now? So everything that I've done at the Fire Academy, I'm doing now with, with my job at Universal City. I remember going through the Academy thinking like, why am I having to wash fire trucks? Why am I having to do this? Why am I having to do that? It just seems kind of like, why? And then when I actually got hired there, I'm like, okay, we're actually doing all of this. And, you know, even though our instructors told us, like, everything you do here matters, there's there's times where you're like, it doesn't seem like it does that much, you know, like cleaning, and mm-hmm. but it does because that's exactly what I'm doing now. So there there isn't a single thing that I didn't do at the fire academy that didn't prepare me for real job. As one of the instructors out there, um, since I have been an instructor out there for four years, and she's absolutely correct. I mean, we'll have them mop the floors, clean clean fire trucks, check our trucks, make sure, you know, just check the, all the equipment that's on the trucks. And we do get some feedback like, oh, why are we doing this? But exactly what she said, when you're on duty, we're kind of like glorified, like I mentioned in, our, in my speech, we're like glorified janitors yeah. for the city. I mean, we're always cleaning, we're always doing stuff, but we're always preparing ourselves and we're always training. And yeah, so that's, that we try to push that whole sense of what we do out in the real world to, to our cadets. So she is correct. Yeah, so for me, it was a little different in the sense that I, 
I went in the academy having the expectation that I would get the education and the training to become a police officer. But at the same time, knowing full well that once I became a police officer, day one, I had no idea how to be a police officer. That was just kind of my expectation of it. I, I, I think that law enforcement is a an on-the-job training kind of situation. You, you can get all the information and you can do all the all the all the coursework and the classwork and and even the the, the physical training but until it's in real life uh, you don't know how you're going to perform or, or react uh, what i found that what sag did for me personally is granted i'd never been a police officer before but the situations that i found myself in i instinctively knew how to to operate under those circumstances i credit a lot of that to the training and the preparation that sac put into their academy a lot of these situations, once they're over, and I do a lot of kind of debriefing or after, after action with you know some of my fellow officers, some of the command staff and the sergeants, just to just to make sure if I made a mistake, I don't repeat it. Uh, but to to date, I mean, I've been on track, and I credit a lot of that with the education I received at, at the academy. How, how much of a focus is on accountability uh, and debriefing at the end of the day? I that, you're holding yourself accountable. That's I think that's amazing. They, you know, everyone should do that every day. Uh, I've been in the service for 29 years now, and there will be days that I'll look at my deputy chief and say, did we do that right? Should we do something better? How, just those action, action, you know, the after-action reports that whether it's on a big scene or just a small little scene, what could I have done better? Is there, did I do everything perfect? Probably not, but there's always something that you can do better. There's always training that to do. I, 29 years, I still go to trainings. You can never stop training in our careers from fire and police. I, unfortunately, I, I got to do three different trains. I got to do paramedic, I got to do police, <laughs> and I got to do fire. I have to have all those continuing education hours. But it's great. I mean, we learn the newest things. I'll, I'll, I'll go up to a, the newest cadet that comes out and says, what's the new way to do these things? I did it 29 years ago. We did it very – maybe the things that I did was antiquated. Tell me the new things. Tell me what's the newest things going on, and I'll learn from them. You know, so it's, it's great. But yes, it, accountability is very important. Yeah, students tend to always try to ask questions that can be related to any situation ever. Well, what what can we do? What can we do? Uh, you know, and and I would imagine in fire, paramedic, in police, anything can happen at any moment. You are absolutely correct. And Murphy plays a big part of our <laughs> career. You know, Murphy's a lot does so, and and we have to expect. You know. We're going for the worst, but we have to, and we, we expect the best. We want the best to happen, but we also have to have that worst on our side saying, what happens if? So, and that's in all three of the fields that we were just talking about. Yeah, and there, there's, going into it, there's no right answer. Mm-hmm. There's just the best answer, and it becomes right on the after action. So. And, and when, they, when we teach people, you know, this is how you cut a vehicle, but the vehicle's standing upright perfect. But what happens when the vehicle's not upright? So that, and those are the kind of calls. Like, and it's in a ditch. And, and it's, it's raining. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. So, so we teach them in an ideal spot, but that's, ideal spots never happen. So that's why we always have to keep on thinking outside of the box when we do things. So Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes. What happens the week of Thanksgiving in, in a fire department? <laughs> well, I've only been there for a month, so this will be my first Thanksgiving I've ever spent at a fire station. So, honestly, I'm not really sure. <laughs> At Universal City, we run a 4896, so you're there from two days. We go in from 7 a.m. 
let's just say Monday morning, and then we don't leave until 7 a.m. Wednesday morning, and then we're off for four days, and then we go back in. Thanksgiving, I would imagine you, you fire departments don't get off on the holiday. No. And unfortunately, that that's probably a big day for fires to happen because people are turning on ovens that they might not have used in a long time, and they're only using it once a year to cook a giant bird that they may not have experience cooking in the first place. Right. <laughs> so do, do we have any safety tips well, uh, as we head into Thanksgiving and, and how to cook our birds or how to prevent accidents from happening in the kitchen? Well, actually, one of the biggest things for the Thanksgiving is, is people deep frying their birds. That's <laughs> I it. do that. Okay, wh- which is great. Yes. Tastes fantastic. But you do have to, you know, you, you have to understand how that works. You know, you don't want to put a frozen bird inside of a scalding hot not. oil. You want to make sure it's outside, not inside, not even in the garage. It needs to be away from the building. And make sure that the oil is not all the way filled up. It's only halfway filled. So when you dip the, when you dip the bird in, it doesn't overflow. So absolutely that. I would absolutely make sure that your smoke detectors are working because you are correct. People, this is a good time to, hopefully we just had time change and hopefully... People had changed their batteries and their smoke detectors. Probably not, but that's all right. We still keep on mentioning it. Every time change, you do your batteries. But, yes, just make sure your smoke detector is working. Absolutely, please do that. And frying the birds is what normally gets us. Uh, from what I see online is, you know, water and oil don't mix. Absolutely not. And, and water is heavier than oil. So, you know, completely dry the bird. Don't carry the pan of water to <laughs> the, the, the pot of oil. You know, might be a good thing. So thankfully I'm off Thanksgiving, so I'll, I'll be able to spend that time with, with my family. So that's what I'm planning on doing. Uh, this year I'll be working. Um, kind of with me going into this with uh, the PD, I, I had going into this new career, I, I, I try not to set myself up with any expectations. Um, and the other thing I, I tried to do was act in the way that the new guy should act if somebody else was a new guy what i would expect a new guy to act is the way i'm going to act so i didn't request any time off i'm filling all the shifts and i will be working through the thanksgiving holiday yeah i'll be spending it with my family with my sister and all them and uh unfortunately i, I still am on call so if you know if something does happen i do report back to the city if something major happens but um and to get back to your what happens at thanksgiving they're in the fire department the amount of food that the citizens bring by is fantastic. You'll 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 get to experience that when those when those pies and all that's nonstop. So that's awesome. <laughs> you Very can never, awesome. Fire department will never say no to food. <laughs> I understand that we are going to officially open our new first responders academy in Van Army, and uh, the public is invited, is welcome to attend. You know what? I haven't even seen the new... I mean, I've seen it, but I haven't been inside the new building. They're, they're really holding that tight. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the ribbon cutting, and I think that's going to be fantastic. The city of Wincrest, their uh, honor guard is going to be out there, which is going to be good for our city, uh, representing a little bit out there. Um, the one time that I went to go look at the inside, unfortunately, it was locked, and they said, well, we'll come back next week. So, um, But what I've been told, it is top-notch, high, high-tech. It's got all the training facilities inside for the police department to run uh, searches and stuff like that. I, I, I'm excited to see what's inside of it, too, and to be able to teach inside of that. Job placement, job availability after, you know, you graduate from the program. How, how is that looking? That, 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 that's a big thing. Uh, and it's hard for schools, but, I mean, I, I think Marcus could probably talk a little bit more about that on, on your end on having patrol officers at every school. 
Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, across the nation, we're at a shortfall for law enforcement officers. So as far as job placement, um, you get to the academy, and uh, we were having a conversation outside prior to coming in here about, you know, him being an instructor out at the academy. He can see the the cadets, the fire cadets that are going to be hireable. On the police side, um, there, there's so many opportunities out there right now. Uh, it's almost it's almost like you have to take your pick. Uh, now, then that's saying you still need to perform in the academy and, and get out of there with uh, a good reputation, should I say. But, yeah, there, there are law enforcement jobs out there. Um, the ISD is kind of a unique policing situation, um, just in the sense that, you know, you're, you're not running call to call. It's more of a community policing. Uh, on the ISD side, you're going to end up with a lot more de-escalation and uh, – communication skills coming out of that but yeah job placement there is opportunities um, i know it at any isd uh, we're hiring so we've got spots available um, all, we, all we need is folks to uh, send in their their paperwork and by with ritz over there she just graduated in september and yes she's i did got a job. i actually applied for universal city while i was still going through the academy did my interview my cpat um and then by the time i finished on september 1st i i basically already had a spot there so i think that a lot of people that go through the fire academy at least with with the experience that i had your i mean the job that you can apply for people see that that you're going through the san antonio fire academy and it like it's almost like a gold star on your application you know they know that you that you will graduate knowing what you're supposed to know and they believe that they they won't have to really teach you anything that you should already know at least that's what it was like for me you look at the we there's a website out there which is a commissioned website and you can see jobs and there's a lot of jobs available for these cadets so when they graduate I just recommend them once they graduate just you know inundate the area of your applications and you will get hired on pretty quick and talk to all your instructors and network in the Academy you know Marcus you're correct at uh, in the fire Academy we probably have 10 to 12 different department instructors I mean from different departments and we're all watching these cadets and um, Basically, I was telling these guys that this is that's their resume, what they perform, how they perform out there, and we're all watching. You know, you, you'll be able to find as long as you perform well, you're going to be finding a job pretty quick. Just, Thanks. just the academies, both academies mm-hmm. are are top notch. I mean, Roland Barrientes over there at the SAC Police Academy, absolutely. They, they they've gone. I've seen it from ten years to now, and it's a hundred eighty degree turn. And the equipment they have, the facilities they have, they're about to open that new building. It's going to be fantastic. And then Chief Pointer out there is some some of the equipment that we have at, at that academy is uh, better than equipment that people have at their stations. And these cadets that are coming out are coming out top notch because of what those two directors are doing. So I want to give a shout out to them too. If you have the ability, please, if if you're thinking about joining uh, any kind of fire department. Join the San Antonio, uh, the First Responders Academy, whether it's the police side, the fire side, or any, also the EMS. They do uh, also do the EMT Academy. You'll get the best training you'll, you'll, you'll ask for. That's great. Yeah, second that on the, on the police academy. You know, I hadn't done anything like this in, in some time, so for me to fill out my uh, personal history statement, I had to go back a long ways. <laughs> and the, the process that SAC has in place to get you in these academies is is seamless 
from the time I started the application, I was immediately in contact with somebody from the administration. Myself, I was military. I was using some of my military veterans. They immediately got me plugged in with the Victory Center. Uh, all I had to do was set appointments and talk to people. I didn't. There wasn't a lot of effort on my end. That, that's how easy they made it. And even at the time when all that was done and I had a few questions, I had the actual director, uh, Barrientos, mm-hmm. calling me on my personal phone answering my questions. So I didn't know that at the time, but looking back on it, I mean, it, it's almost like a, what would you say, like a, a white glove service, get, yeah. get, getting you signed up and showing up, showed up to your first day. We are so excited that you had an opportunity to listen. All of them have been instrumental in communicating the importance of our first responders in the city of San Antonio and beyond. So once again, thank you for coming and uh, have a great day. This is Front and Center, recorded at the KSYM Studios on the San Antonio College campus. Front and Center is available on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and airs Monday mornings at 8.30 on KSYM 90.1 FM in San Antonio. More information on Front and Center is online at ksym.org.